Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality, or any impurity or greed, must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk, or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving a thanks. For this reason you know with certain certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Welcome to episode 19 of The Sedated Man. The title of this one is Swearing, Myth or Monster? So I have... Uh, contemplated doing this one for quite a while. And uh, anytime I've ever brought up uh, swearing as a general rule, I get a, lot of, I get a lot of pushback, quite honestly. Now, there are those of you out there who are adamant, absolutely no swearing, period. It's a sin, Mike. It's a sin. So, and I get that, all right? And I respect that. I respect that some people feel that way. And I'm not knocking those people in this one. I'm going to give you my take on this. Because ultimately, swearing can be sedation. And it can be a huge sedation that you might not even realize is ruling your life. And I think it's one of those topics that a lot of people are afraid to breach. But that's the point of the sedated man is we're not afraid to breach any problem here, any sedation, any issue that the world or even the congregations don't want to breach. We'll breach it. We'll talk about it. We'll bring it out. And swearing is one of those where people just kind of turn a blind eye. You know, they kind of, oh, well, you know, we can let that go. <clears throat> but I want to hit it head on today. Is it a myth or a monster? I mean, you know, we see in Ephesians chapter 5, no coarse jesting or silly talk. Well, does swearing qualify as that? Well, you know, Scripture does say to him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it to him it is sin. So I would say that that is really up to you. Is swearing a sin for you? Do you have a problem when other people swear? Now, you know, let's just get the obvious out of the way. Mike, do you swear? The simple answer to that is yes, I do. However, my caveat to that is there are two people that I've ever been known to swear in front of. My wife and my best friend who is a Christian. Now, why would I swear in front of them? Well, for me, it's somewhat like uh, having a cheat day on a diet, okay? To me, if I have control of my tongue, and I can only do that uh, in front of two people consistently, then as far as I'm concerned, I'm not in sin. Now, I'm not justifying swearing. Let me continue, Okay. The argument that's often put to me, and, and let me back up for a second, I'm sorry. <clears throat> it's just like a cheat day on a diet. A cheat day allows you that moment where you can eat what you want without feeling bad about going off your diet. It's just, it's one meal. Doesn't mean you just ruin the entire week. That's how you deal with it. That's how you deal with your cravings, looking forward to that cheat day. And so I decided a long time ago that I was going to stop swearing in front of everybody else, save these two people because I have my moments where Quite honestly, I just need to say what I need to say in the way that I need to say it. Now, 
a lot of people, and this would surprise a lot of people that I swear at all. Now, when I was younger, of course, you know, I used to swear like a sailor. So my trick for me was to control it in front of everybody else. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, in verse 17, but we're going to start in verse 16. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. Now remember, he's talking to the church in Corinth. He's talking to people who are Christians. He's telling them that they are holy, which means we, if we are going to claim Christianity, if we are true Christians according to Scripture, we are holy. So with that, let me explain why I decided to bring this up. I see more and more men who claim godliness swearing and not just in front of people they trust but in front of their buddies at work in front of other people at church in front of uh, people that just quite honestly surprised me now they hadn't swore in front of me in quite a while and uh, and they would start some guys as soon as you get them off church grounds that's when the that's when the swearing comes out Now, why do I feel this is a big deal? Well, it's a heart issue. Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Some of you are are law-oriented to the point where no swearing ever at all, and I told you I completely respect that. And some of you would approach me with, Mike, they're just words. What's the big deal? It's just communication. Everybody does it now. Well, let me explain to you what the big deal is. If you go to Matthew chapter 26, we're going to look at the third time that that Peter denied Christ. Matthew 26, starting in verse 73. A little later, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them, for even the way you talk gives you away. And then he began to curse and swear, I do not know the man, and immediately... A rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word which Jesus had said. Before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. The point I want to make here is that in verse 74, which is also recorded in Mark 14, 71, verse 74, and then he began to curse and swear, I do not know that man. All right, so here's the kicker. Now, coarse jesting and silly talk, it's up to you whether you classify that as swearing. You know, we are holy. Well, if you're trying to live a holy life in front of those who are not Christians, is swearing going to meet up to that standard? Is swearing going to meet up to that standard when you're doing it around other Christians within the church building, within uh, gatherings, with people that you know might have had an issue with that? Because in Matthew 26, and a lot of people miss this, the one thing, now he denied Christ three times, yes, but the one thing Peter did to separate himself as an apostle and make him look, look like make himself look like everybody else was cursing and swearing. Now, is it possible that if he just threw that stuff out there, maybe he had a habit of doing that, you know, in private? Is it possible that he grumbled under his, you know, Peter was kind of a hothead. I mean, this is the same guy that took out a sword, carried a sword, took out a sword and cut the ear off a slave, you know. So uh, he's got a little bit of a temper. So it's entirely possible that he struggled with this. But the one thing he went to, to look like the rest of the world, was the swearing. 
Now, once again, I'm not here to beat you guys up. Swearing, as a general rule, makes us look like the rest of the world. Now, in certain cases, you may be around somebody whom you trust wholeheartedly as a brother or a brother in Christ, and you may drop some swear words in front of them. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying that's up to you. My point is, is why are we not controlling our tongues outside of those instances? And am I saying be somebody or not? No, I'm not saying be somebody or not. Because Christ said we were holy. So if we're going to claim godliness, then that's who we are. These are things that you absolutely have to make your own choices on. When you're presenting yourself to the world, are you showing the monster? Or are you showing Christ? Has it become so commonplace that now we're comfortable passing those words within the congregations? That we're comfortable passing those words in front of our children? I am one of those individuals who has a very tight hold on my tongue. I'll tell you exactly what I think you need to hear, so that's not the issue. But I am very aware of what I'm saying and where I'm saying it. I just recently retired from uh, 24 years in the National Guard. And uh, I had soldiers who would swear in front of me, look at me and say, oh, sorry, Sergeant Baker, because they knew that I was a religious guy. And I didn't swear, never swore in front of my soldiers. And I would tell them the same thing I'm going to tell you. I don't expect you to be somebody else in front of me that you wouldn't be everywhere else. Now, does that justify swearing in front of everybody and their dog? No. The whole point is Jesus met people where they were at. We need to meet people where they're at, not expecting them to be, to be these perfect Christians right out the chute per se, but separating ourselves in the fact that not that we are holier than thou, but that we are holy and they can come to us. And, so, and a lot of times the words that come out of our mouth play a huge role in what people think about how we live our lives. If we look like the world on the tongue, you're not going to get people that want to come up to you. You're not going to get people that want to know anything about what you know about, typically. So, what's the answer? The answer is you need to get into your scripture and find the answer. That's the answer. The answer is that, quite honestly, swearing does make you look like the world. Peter knew that. If your answer is to just stop it completely, then praise God, stop it completely. If your answer is to just rein in the tongue, then by all means, rein in the tongue. But by all means, do whatever you have to do to separate yourself from looking like the world. Because really, is this about swearing or is it about looking like everybody else? That's the sedation. Looking like everybody else. Not standing out. Burying your talent. And we all know what happened to the man that buried his talent. I have no doubt 
that everybody who's listening to this has the capacity to make the changes they need to make to look like God and not like the world. That is how we will make a change. That is how men will step up. That is how families will get fixed. Not simply in appearance, but the changes that change the heart. The appearance just comes naturally after that, guys. So I want to thank you for listening to us today. <clears throat> you can find us obviously on anchor.fm or whatever uh, podcasting crew you've you've come through to find me. But uh, we're available on anchor.fm. We're available on iTunes, on Pocket Casts, on Overcast, on Radio Public. And now we're available on CastBox and Breaker. Uh, you can contact me through Instagram, our Sedated Man Facebook page. You can also follow me and the, my, uh, my health issues. I'm doing kind of a, it's, I'm not a health expert, but I'm doing kind of a health thing on my personal health issues I'm trying to deal with right now on YouTube. It's the Sedated Man YouTube channel. Or you can always reach me at Mike at the sedatedman.com. That's Mike at the sedatedman.com. If you have a subject that you would like me to breach that you're afraid to breach yourself within your own group, then please, by all means, bring it up. I have no problem being the bad guy. You know, my, my purpose of, the, of the, uh, the podcast today was not to beat you guys up, but just to make you think. Conduct. 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 We also have a sedated man group on Facebook. If you would like to be part of that group, please direct message me or PM me or whatever uh, platform you're on to get a hold of me and uh, let me know you'd like to be part of that group. You guys have a great day. Go out and do great things and uh, don't be afraid to do the hard things. And what I mean by that is dig into scripture, find the changes that need to be made, and then find somebody with that fruit and ask them how they did it. Make the changes. Thanks.